thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you what, the word is good. And so we ask you and instruct you, release your faith with the word that you're going to hear taught today. I have some studio audience here with me. You're going to hear them right now. Amen. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> I knew they'd come in on cue. And so we're glad that you're joining the studio audience and we are here to receive. I tell you what, the word takes your life and it sets it on course. And so aren't you thrilled that your life can be more fine-tuned to God's best? And so that's why we're here together today to bring that life-changing, life-transforming word. Amen? Amen? We've been taking the time in these episodes to teach a lot on the mind because I tell you what, the way you think affects every arena of your life. And so if we will make sure that we're thinking right, thinking in line with God's thoughts, because that's really what right thinking is. Mm -hmm. It's what, the way God thinks. And uh, Paul told us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That's what we're after, Transf a transformed life, right? Uh, but be ye transformed. How can we do that? By the renewing of the mind. My goodness. So people want to live a transformed life, but to do that, you have to address the thought life. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Word of God is the thoughts of God. And He offers us His thoughts. Now, it would behoove us to take them. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, it would benefit us to take them, making His thoughts our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And not just in the way we think, but also that governing the way we speak yeah. and but why? Because the way we speak governs the way we believe. Right, yeah. And you're always going to say what you believe. Right, yes. What you believe is always going to leak out the mouth. Yes. And so uh, when, we, when we believe right, we speak right because of right thinking. But then not only that, we do right. And then we also receive right. We receive the right things in our life. Amen. Amen. We've been taking as the golden verse for this time of teaching. We've been using 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 as our launching, our launching pad here. So you can uh, get your Bible, get your notepad, get a pen or pencil, follow along with us. And one of the things that I want to always remind you of is that I'm expecting that God will even say to you what I don't. Mm -hmm. Because he will speak specifically to what you're needing to hear. And many times, just sitting in the atmosphere of the word, you'll hear from the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to read together, but also make notes of what God may say to you for your life. Amen. Second yeah. Timothy chapter one, verse seven. And it says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Aren't you glad to know it? Right. Amen. But what has he given us? He's given us power or authority. 
He's given us love and not just not just natural love, his love, the God kind of love. And then look at this. He's also already given us a sound mind. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I don't feel like I have a sound mind. Well, you got it at the new birth. Because when you were born again, the life of God came in you. And so that is where your, your sound mind stems from, is from the force of that life on the inside of you. Amen. And so it's part of your inheritance in Christ. So what we have to do is what we have to know how sound minds think. We have to know what is right thinking because I tell you, if it weren't for the word, we would not even know what right thoughts are. And uh, so God gave us a sound mind and a sound mind needs proper nourishment. Well, what is the nourishment for a sound mind? It's God's thoughts, God's word. Amen. So we have to feed on that word to walk in that sound mind. And of course, we've been also noting what the Amplified Classic says about this phrase, a sound mind. It says it's a calm mind. It says it is a well-balanced mind. It is a disciplined mind. It's a controlled mind, meaning that a sound mind just doesn't go off without restraint. You pay attention. What are you thinking about? You pay attention. What are you meditating on? What are you entertaining? Because you can so easily just be turning something over in your mind for a, for a day or even for weeks without realizing what you've been touching into. And so we, we need to realize that we have a part to play to protect the sound mind that is ours in Christ. And not only that, to nourish the sound thinking that's ours in Christ. Amen. This is the kind of mind God authored for us. He did not author a harassed mind, a depressed mind, a worried mind, a tormented mind, uh, an unfocused mind. Amen. Not only that, he did not uh, author for us a mind that's diminishing to where the memory diminishes, where the clarity of that mind diminishes. No, it's a sound mind for the rest of our life. Put a demand on that. Don't, don't, don't buy into, well, you know, as you get older, you forget things, not a sound mind. As you get older, you know, things grow foggy, not to a sound mind. Amen. And that's why we have to renew our minds because people in the world, they talk about their mind one way, but they're not talking about our mind. Our mind is a sound mind. And it, and it stems from our inheritance in Christ. Amen. And it's fed by the word of God. It's nourished by the word. To enjoy a sound mind, we have to know how to take our stand against anything that would challenge the soundness of our mind. What would challenge it? Well, worry challenges it. Fear challenges it. That's one thing Paul was telling Timothy about, that that spirit of fear is come to challenge the sound mind. Don't let fear have it. Don't let fear have your sound mind. Not only that, um, we have to recognize opposition in the form of wrong thinking. We have to recognize opposition against that sound mind in the form of troubled thoughts that we take our stand on the word against any kind of thought that would uh, trouble the sound mind. Now, listen, the reason the enemy is in, he's always in, in trying to inject wrong thinking into our thought life. Why? Because he can't work through right thinking. He can only work through wrong thinking. And therefore, he's constantly trying to get wrong thoughts in so he can have access. Yes. Yes. 
Amen. So we have to pay attention. Amen. Now I want you to turn with me today to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, and this is the King James translation. Paul is again writing, and uh, he's telling us something that we need to know and be skillful at because, as I said, to enjoy a sound mind, we have to know how to stand our ground against opposition. Mm -hmm. But we also understand part of that is enforcing the victory that Jesus made ours. Not winning the victory, enforcing the victory. Jesus already won the victory. Amen. We are not fighting to get the victory. Jesus defeated Satan, spoiled principalities. He already won it, but he gave us the privilege of enforcing the victory that he won for us. And so that, that uh, for us to, uh, set, to have a sound mind, we have to know how to enforce the victory that is ours. Yes. Amen. To enjoy that sound mind. Amen. Because he made that sound mind ours, but many aren't enjoying it because they don't know how to enforce their victory. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the King James, Paul's writing, he said, Finally, my brethren, look at this, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Uh, let's, let's just stop right there. I mean, I could read further and we will go further possibly in this episode, but he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yeah. Notice he's not telling you about being strong in yourself. Yeah. We did not get born again so we could rely on ourselves. That was the problem before we were born again. We were relying on ourselves and it got us to the point where we needed a savior. That's where it got us. Amen. Where it took heaven to rescue us. So it's not about being strong in ourselves. Amen. It's not about just coping with the thoughts of our mind. It's about being strong in the Lord how do we be strong in the Lord? We had to be strong in the way he thinks. Yes. Amen. Strong in the word. So when it says we're told to be strong in the Lord, not strong in ourselves, but strong in the Lord. Well, Pastor Nancy, you might say, how are you strong in the Lord? What's it mean to be strong in the Lord? Well, God and his word are one. So to be strong in the Lord means be strong in the word. Know what the word says. Have that word engrafted in you. How do you get that word abiding in you? You meditate on it. Yeah. You, you think deeply into it. You speak it to yourself. You know, more than people would even recognize, they're talking to themselves. They're saying something in their own thought life to themselves. Whether it's ever heard out here or not, they're thinking something to themselves. Give yourself the habit of thinking the thoughts of the word. Yeah. Amen. Meditating. That's what meditating on the word is. You're thinking what the, what the Lord says in his word. You're thinking it to yourself. And you're drawing as you, as, you, as you meditate on a scripture, you're drawing the different views that a victory that are revealed in that scripture. You know, uh, Dad Hagen used to use this illustration with us and he would say when you're teaching, a minister, a preacher, a teacher can be teaching to you about a, a truth and they'll go up one side of the mountain. Then you'll hear another preacher preach it and they go up a different side. It, it, you're getting a different view of the same truth. Which view is right? All of it. It depends on which view you're taking. Meditating on the word is you looking at the different views of truth that's held in that scripture. 
It's not just thinking one way, mm -hmm. but allowing the Spirit of God to teach you all the different views of that truth. Yeah. Amen. To where you see it more than in, 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 in one, one dimension. Mm -hmm. Amen. So God and his word are one. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord. So to be strong in the Lord is to be strong in the word. Mm -hmm. You can't be strong in the word if the, if the word isn't strongly rooted in you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's not just about being, knowing or memorizing. Memorization deals with the mind. Meditation drives it into the spirit. And you've got to meditate on it to get it rooted, engrafted in your spirit. And uh, this is why some people struggle with uh, making the word or putting the word first place because in their own thinking, uh, the word isn't real to them. They believe it's the word of God. They honor it in that respect, but it doesn't seem real in their own life. You see, well, meditation is how you put the word in you. But not only that, meditation is how you put you in the word. You take ownership of that word, that you become one with that word in the way you think. Amen. And let me just say this. You can't spend what you don't possess. And many are trying to confess the word before they've taken time to build that word in them. And then they go, well, see, this, this confession stuff doesn't work. Yes, it does once it's engrafted. Once it becomes alive to you. Now, see, remember in John chapter 15, Jesus was speaking. And he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Well, abide is that living form. It's not a visit. Many people visit with the word and try to spend and confess the word based on a visit with God. But it's not just a visit. It's an abiding, an abiding place where the word is given first place in your thought life and given first place in your actions. Amen. Amen. Given first place in your words. Hallelujah. So to be strong in the Lord means to be strong in the word. Now, I want you to look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 because we're going to see some, some further instruction and clarity that will help us with this. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. And this again is the King James. Paul was writing and he said this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now notice this word richly, it's a measure. That you can have a richer measure of the word in you, or you can have a lesser measure of the word that dwells in you. Now look at the word. Let the word of Christ dwell. Dwell means it set up residency in you. It means it's a governing force in your life. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So make sure that the way that word is living in you, it's in line with wisdom, meaning it's not, you're not just taking in the word based on how you think about that word, but the wisdom of God is uh, that you have a, a sober and a correct understanding of that word. Amen. Not just a religious view of the word, but a, a, a wisdom that comes from God of the truth of that word. I want you to see again, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So notice if the word can dwell in us richly, it can also not be dwelling in us richly. Now notice this, let, let it. 
So it's not up to God, it's up to you letting it. Yes. How do you let it? By the attention you give to it. Yes. Amen. Feed yourself on it. Have a rich measure of the word dwelling in you. Why? Because what is what you're full of? If you're if it's a rich measure, you'll get you'll be full of the word. What you're full of is what's going to move you. Remember the word would tell us how Jesus, he would see the multitudes and they were sick. And it says he was moved with compassion on them and healed their sick. See what he was moved on, what he was moved by is what, rather what he was filled with. He was filled with compassion and that compassion moved him to do something. See, when you're full of the word, the word is what moves you. That's right. Amen. And so that's why Paul instructed us in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. (laughs) Now, because when you're full of the word, the word moves you, not circumstances. The word moves you, not feelings. The word moves you, not emotions. The word moves you, not what you see. The word moves you, not what somebody is trying to put in your ear. The word moves you, not what the enemy threatens you with. So your safe place is fullness. To be less than full is to really uh, be available to something other than the Word. When you're full of the Word, there's not room for doubt. When you're full of the Word, there's not room for worry. When you're full of the Word, there's no room for fear. Amen. So it's a safety. It's a precaution to fill up on the Word. Get that Word dwelling in you. Amen. By feeding on it, speaking speaking it, meditating on it, and doing it. Now, if you were to come to my home, you would realize you did not step into a home of a woman who cooks much. (laughs) How would you know that? You could look in my pantry. You could look in my, you could look in my refrigerator. And so if a real chef were to come to my house, there's some things in there. I mean, there's some things, you know, and a really good chef can take not very much and really be quite impressive with it. You give them the basics, they can make something really impressive. You go, now that's good right there. You, you did fine with that. You're a, you're a magician in the kitchen, you know. But if you, and, and you know the Holy Spirit, he is such a, he's a divine teacher. He is a divine helper. You give him just a little bit of the word to work with, I guarantee you he will give you something spectacular just with a little bit because of his excellence, yes. because of his divine ability. Yes. And he'll, he'll be faithful with the little bit you give him because yes. all he can work with is what you give him. Yes. In the sense of the measure of word that's in you is the measure he has to work with no. for your life. But if you give him a richer measure, if I stock my pantry in the kitchen just stocked it full. It stocked my refrigerator full of everything to make fine dinners for a long time. A chef would be fully delighted. Oh, I got lots of options now, right? I can feed you like a king, baby. I can feed you like a queen for a long time. Why? Based on how well my shelves are stocked. 
Now, this is what Paul is telling us. Stock the shelves of your spirit, your life, your mind with a rich measure of the word because then the Holy Ghost can serve up so much more in your life. That word will bring you into a flow of wealth. Amen. That will not be experienced if you just have a little bit to give, to give God to work with. See, we think, well, why doesn't God give me everything? He can do it all because he works with what's in you. Amen. Amen. And what's in you determines how much he has to work with. If you give him wrong thoughts, he can't work with that. But if your mind is full of right thoughts, oh my goodness. Ah, you start breaking down boundaries and you run over obstacles and things through right thinking because you gave God a lot of the word to work with. Amen. Amen. A lot, you gave the Holy Spirit something that he works with because see, the Holy Spirit only works with the word. Mm -hmm. You understand that? He doesn't work just with emotions and feelings. He works with the word. That's what he's interested in. Amen. And because he's interested in the word, he's interested in you getting the word in you Mm -hmm. so that you can experience all that the word provided for you. Amen. So here he, he said, uh, again, we read over in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, where Paul said, uh, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. That's what it means. Be full of the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he says, be strong in the Lord. Look at this. And again, Ephesians 6, 10, be strong in the Lord, but also be strong in something else. And... Or be strong in also the power of his might. And you go, well, what does it mean to be strong in the power of his might? Well, the power of his might is the Holy Ghost. So to be strong in the power of his might is be full of the Holy Ghost. That's one expression of being strong. One way to be strong uh, in the power of his might. So what's Paul saying when he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, be full of the word and be full of the spirit. There you go. Right there. (laughs) Served it up for us. Amen. Why? Because if you're full of the word and you're full of the spirit, you'll be able to take a bold, unswayable stand against opposition, against the enemy that tries to steal or tries to affect your sound mind. Amen. And this is where many people struggle at standing their ground is because they're trying to stand their ground on less than full. Mm-hmm. And fullness is unmovable. So your safe, your safe place is be full of the word. Yes. Be full of the spirit. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, how do I get full of the spirit? I'm glad you asked. Here we go. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. You can turn with me if you would. And we'll start reading uh, at the top of the chapter. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. What's the day of Pentecost? See, I grew up in a denominational church that never heard these terms. And so I, I struggled for so, many, so long. What is the day of Pentecost? That's the day that the Holy Ghost came to dwell in the earth, in the church. Amen. Amen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, the disciples, there was 120 of them. They were all with one accord in one place. They were in that upper room. Verse two. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. 
and it filled all the house. Look at this word, it filled. Mm -hmm. It filled mm -hmm. all the house where they're sitting. Listen, when the Holy Ghost shows up, things don't stay empty. Right. Health doesn't stay empty. Uh, finances don't stay empty. Amen. Amen. And uh, so it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3, and there appeared unto them, they saw it, cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Look at this, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now see, remember what Paul said, be strong in the Lord and be strong in the power of his might or be filled with the Holy Ghost because that is the power of God's might. And so it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, what happened when they got filled? And because they were filled, they began to speak with other tongues mm -hmm. as the Spirit gave them utterance. Mm -hmm. So we need to be, make sure that we're filled with the Holy Ghost. By, and the evidence that we're filled is the same evidence to them that they were filled. They began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. This is not a different languages you, you've learned. This is divine language. God talk, God talk yes. that uh, the Holy Spirit in them gave utterance and they're the ones that spoke out the word, the utterances that the spirit gave. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so uh, I want you to also turn with me to Acts chapter four, verse 31, verse 31. Now, these are the same, some of the same men at, in, in Acts chapter 4 that we're going to read that were there on the day of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And it says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they, the same ones that were there on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. So notice this, they got filled again. Mm -hmm. What was it? Their subsequent infillings. Once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, keep being filled. Yes. Keep being filled. Yes. Every day. Yes. Amen. You can be more filled. So Paul told us, he said, uh, he said, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Fill up with the word, fill up with the Holy Ghost. How do you take time to make sure you're full of the Holy Spirit every day? It's not about maintaining yesterday's fullness. It's about a fresh infilling all the time. How do you do it? The same way they did. They spoke in other tongues. As you take time to speak in other tongues on a daily basis, what happens? You're going to live full of power, full of the Holy Ghost. Well, we're going to talk more about that. If you need more instruction about it, you want to join us next time because we're going to talk more about it. And so we're just so thrilled that these things teach us of how to stay in the flow of a sound mind because all of these help us to stand strong in the face of opposition. Amen. We've been teaching out of our book, A Sound Disciplined Mind, and we want you to get your copy so that you can keep studying along with us along this line. You can go to DufresneMinistries.org and let us know that you want it and we'll ship it out to you. But until we see you next time, remember this, that Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, September 4th through the 8th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org.
If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeframeMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.